Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have a co-author uh, and also a president of her own company, a Blue Eagle Blue Beagle Consulting. Her name is Sun Ware. We're going to talk about a book that she co-authored. It's called Mastering the Art of Success. If you want to chime into the conversation, go ahead and uh, sell something out in the chat room. I'm going to read it on the air, or you can email at info at Apple Capital Group. Or you can go ahead and call in at 347-324-3460. Again, at 347-324-3460. Sonia, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning. Great. Uh, to begin with, our, our listeners love personal stories, uh, bios on people versus reading something out loud. But if you, if you don't mind, tell us about yourself and how you got started. Uh, you know, actually, my background, Tim, is in uh, information technology, so I was sort of a a computer person who never quite fit in because <laughs> I was um, always related <laughs> to the people and not the numbers and the bits. Um, and, and then there, there was a turn in my life. That there's a place where I guess you realize that if anybody's going to master your career or what you do for the rest of your life, it's it's up to you. And I, I decided at that point to understand where my strengths were so that I could always be in the ballpark of success. And, and from that point on, everything I, every job I took on and every uh, volunteer activity I was involved in had to do with people and motivating them to be their best self and inspiring them for hope. Wow. So coming from IT, I mean, IT is powerful today. Kind of tell us about your journey through IT and because uh, it kind of segue into your consulting. I know you had an interesting story you were, you were telling me about. Yeah, it, it's so funny. I mean, the, the whole journey of IT, when you say that, I actually started – uh, a long time ago, doing mainframe computer programming, which was, um, you know, with a small wholesale distributor company. And it was interesting because um, I learned on the job, you know, unlike traditional <laughs> going to college and getting the education. But I did the college after I learned on the job. And back then, you would watch tapes to learn how to code. So that was all very interesting. But as my career uh, continued to advance and I started changing companies and moving up, um, I guess one of the defining moments w- was a job that I had as an infrastructure regional manager. And I always say infrastructure is like laying the railroad track for all the other IT components to sit on top of, the phone, the computer, everything else. And our group was impacted by all the opportunities globally to do things cheaper in other parts of the world. And so we were going to have to reduce our staff uh, 30% of our staff, and that probably was the hardest thing I've ever had to face in my life. But I went back to the basics. You know, if I care about people and I'm going to give them hope, then the one thing I'd have to do is what I've done with myself, is tap into their strengths and their talent, understand what that looked like, provide the training budget for them to reinvent themselves so that they could have a career, right? So I may not be able to promise them a job, but they mm-hmm. can certainly go on to a different career. And and the return on investment for me was that they were willing to continue to get the workload out that we had committed to despite the big organizational change. 
Well, I left that space saying, wow, that felt good. I want to do more of that and just have continued to do more of that even to the point now where I no longer do it for a corporation, but I do it independently. And uh, I love it. I love what I do. And I get to meet lots of interesting people and work with great organizations and just watch them sort of butterfly in front of me, which is really cool. What was it like for that moment you discern and say, hey, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to do my own thing? I'm going to take what uh, uh, my company taught me uh, through, uh, through IT and management and everything else and say, hey, I, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to step out there. Was that a scary feeling? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because when you were asking that question, it made me think how – You know, we always hear from Hollywood that there's no such thing as an overnight success. (laughs) It was actually um, a faith journey of a few years because what started to happen is I I sort of switched lanes within corporate, so I started moving um, less and less from the IT technical piece and doing more of the soft work. I mean, I was buddies with HR, taking all the training to coach and develop people, but able to practice it within the IT uh, field, which was nice because I had the best of both worlds. But then it came to a point, and I always imagine that there's this little, you know, leaf floating downstream and you're jumping from leaf to leaf to stay afloat. The last leaf I jumped uh, was to support CIOs and their general managers around all of the facets of their development, engaging their people and managing change. Um, I knew at that point I was running out of jobs I could do within a corporate space. And I had about a year's runway uh, to to pray about it, to um, have faith that something bigger than me had gifted me with not only the passion but the possibility and all of the tools to be successful. And so that journey of just kind of praying and building up um, took a while. But I'll tell you, like the, the, the movie that was out recently, I love this when the guy says, you know, sometimes in – 20 seconds, you can have some insane courage to do something that you never would have thought possible. So you make that decision, and then there's no turning back. (laughs) So you don't ever turn back. You just move full steam ahead. Well, the deal is you get your faith is at a whole other level, and it's really hard once you've expanded to a new space to even, you know, shrink back to the other space. And that's the beauty of stepping outside your comfort zone, and you'll never know What's out there until you step out? Is it a combination of, with you, more of a faith journey? You said, I'm just going to uh, let go of my God on this and um, and see where it leads me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because I use a process with my clients. It's called the five whys. You know, and if you said, it's it's not mine. It's uh, I think it's Peter Senge's, but, you know, if you're dealing with something and you start asking yourself, well, why, and then you answer that but why, and just kind of get to the root. Where I ended up was saying, well, here's the deal. I grew up in church, even when I had to be dragged to church. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were there for days and through the week, and it was just crazy, craziness. But So here I am, you know, serving and worshiping a God and claiming I have faith in all the songs we render and the scriptures we read and the prayers we pray. But what is it really to be in relationship with him and to really trust him? And when I left, my vow was to begin a life that would allow me to live in what I called radical faith. And radical faith doesn't make sense to you sometimes and maybe even the people around you, but it frees you to live a life that just kind of goes from day to day, 
trusting him for daily bread and everything else that it'll take to to be successful and realize the true calling on your life. Wow. We're going to take a break for a moment and be back in a moment okay. uh, with Sunny Wade uh, talking about the master and the art of success. Be back in a moment. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Well, we're back with uh, Sonia Wade. We're talking about the mastering the art of success. Tell us about the mastering the art of uh, success. What this book is really about? Well, it's um, and Tim, I can't. You know, you'll you'll learn that I'm authentic and I'm witty, and so I can't go any further without telling you it's Sonia Ware, W A R E, <laughs> and I'm, I'm oh. from Houston, oh. the home Thank of the. Famous rapper Mike Jones, and I don't even know him, but I just know his grandmother told him, let him know your name. So the whole song, he's going, Mike Jones. Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, okay, Sonia so Ware. Okay, so around here. Okay, give me one second. I see okay. the difference. So I'm going to make the Ware. difference. In the... Thank you. I appreciate no that. No problem. No problem. Um, this project, I mean, it's an interesting one, and uh, a few coaches and speakers have been offered to participate, and I, I jumped at the chance to co-author the book with of Les Brown, Mark Victor Hansen, and Jack Canfield, and particularly because Les Brown was one of those people, you know, growing up that um, I would pay for the concert ticket to go hear him speak because he was so motivating, and he was doing Mm -hmm. exactly, and I didn't know then, what I would be doing, you know, years later. So I thought it was a great opportunity to not only co-author with those guys, but to be able to share my point of view, um, you know, in the book. And so that's exactly what... I was able to do. So on this, what is it like to work with Les Brown? Well, what happens, though, on the interviews is that we our interviews are held separately. So I didn't mm-hmm. get to work with him particularly other than what you see, the end production of our collective interviews. That would be nice to have worked with him. And, you know, Les, if you're listening, I'd be happy to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get him on the show and uh, see what okay. we can work out. So, uh, on this uh, mastering the the art of success, is it something within the person uh, that you have to actually be like a life coach and kind of coach them with? Kind of tell us what's the journey regarding mastering the uh, mastering success the as a success. whole. Well, you know, it's a co-author project, as I mentioned. So every author, and most of them, it's like getting coaching in every chapter, and every mm-hmm. author shares their perspective on what it takes to master the art of success. And and I think today you've heard a little bit of mine, but it's it's essentially about, you know, believing in something bigger than yourself and stepping out on that so that you might 
live your complete life purpose. I mean, that's really my point of view. The the book talks about who are the most uh, influential people in your life, and I talked about that and, and your work, and I talked about those influential people from two perspectives. Uh, one, for people I don't know but who indirectly sort of have an influence on me, and then personal influences like my mother and father. Um, we live here in Houston, so it's interesting. Um, there are a couple of people. Joel Osteen is one of them, and he's a, a television evangelist, and he reaches, you know, 7 million viewers worldwide, et cetera. But he's a game changer, and it, he also motivates me to, to want to raise my game every day. You know, how do, how is my coaching different than all the other coaching? And I laugh that his church today is the worldwide and virtual. It's also housed in a former Houston sports arena. And millions of Houstonians, you know, past that 59 freeway, saw that, you know, kind of shut down sports complex, but only one. Only one had a vision, you know, for a mega church. That, in, in my mind, is a game changer, and he motivates me to want to, you know, bring my best game, if you will. Okay. When you're talking about inspiration, uh, looking at Joe Osteen and just the the rise of him within a short period of time, is there a magic, or there's an inspiration, or there is a gift? and the person that make them all of a sudden rise who, in the sense, you never suspect who they will be today. <laughs> right. You never, you never recognize. Yeah, because I mentioned Joel, and I also mentioned in the book a little bit about Jay-Z, who's another one of those guys that just did some phenomenal things. I, I think, again, it's it's when you say if it's magic or if they rise, I think it's rising. You know, from the time Joel Osteen was his mom's only kid who said, I don't want to do college. It's just not for me. I don't want to finish it. <laughs> you know, he was always the one who kind of went off the beaten track and the one they worried about the most. But he was the one who continued to follow his heart and to pursue those things that kept him interested and focused and alive. The same thing with, you know, if you look at Steve Jobs, it's the same thing. It's the people who... Follow their passion, even if it seems, you know, irrational. Uh, even to the point when um, his mother, uh, Dodie Osteen, spoke at the Woman Now Loose conference held here um, last year with T.D. Jakes, and she said, you know, when he told me <laughs> that he wanted to preach, she was the first one to say, oh, I don't know if that's for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she had to admit she made a mistake. And people cannot estimate the potential that God has for your life. And if you're willing to get out of your own way and just follow your heart, follow your passion, those things that you're interested in, I think that that magic, you know, that what looks like overnight success um, happens. I have a question when it comes to, you know, in the clergy world they call uh, prosperity speaking, um, Mm -hmm. and some will call it inspirational speaking. Mm-hmm. But they always get the same results. Is there a difference? When you say prosperity speaking, Tim, can you tell me more? Like, how would you describe that to my 13-year-old? Okay, so prosperity, there are some um, uh, leaders in the community feel like when you're talking about prosperity, mm-hmm. you are giving a prosperity approach. If I do this, 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 and the excitement and build, mm-hmm. um I would get this. If I do this in a certain way and I encourage you, and which, you know, if you encourage someone, you will get the results anyway. 
but they uh some people believe by preaching that you will win the rewards of heaven mm-hmm. or riches um that's a wrong way to teach a person if that's making sense I think so like yeah. rewards yeah kind of yeah. I'm trying to figure out uh in a way that you know like for example there was an interview on NPR and it was talking about I think when I was driving to Houston the other day and on the road, he was saying that they did this study about rewarding boys and girls. Girls, pretty much, when you measure them, they try to give their best all the time, and you can't get much more because they always try to give to do the right thing and do their best. However, boys got to be rewarded. <laughs> if you really want <laughs> okay. to get the best out of them, uh, you hold a dollar <laughs> or you hold some type of an assist, you know, something that they want and believe that they exceed abundantly. So I don't know if that's considered prosperity because you're actually dangling the dollar or dangling that, that game that they want and they're going to do what they can. And he his analogy, man, he wanted his, his son, uh, his son wanted this game. Okay, this game was $40. He said, well, if you okay. finish this, this math course, um, <laughs> which is about 100 hours, I mean, about 40 hours, then I'll buy you the game. Okay, okay, that's the only way you can get him to study math. Well, the kid did it within a week because he wanted the game. So mm-hmm. both benefited out of it, but it's that reward syndrome. Well, in some leader syndrome, they say, well, okay, we're going to talk about prosperity. Prosperity is a different thing. If you do this, this, and this, you're going to get all the riches in the world. You know, mm. you just overabundantly this and that, and everybody right, can't reach right. that goal. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's interesting you say that, and I I don't recall the name, and maybe that's a good thing. But there used to be a minister I would listen to <laughs> on um, television, and I'd go I'd go to the mailbox. Okay, money cometh today, you know. There you <laughs> believing go. that whole you know <laughs> believing that whole prosperity. But when you really study prosperity, though, it is about not only the the, the financial part, but also health and well being, and happiness and joy and those those facets of it. Um, you mentioned prosperity preaching just after we were talking about um, Joel Osteen, and I, because I am sort of a, I am an admirer of his. I hear from people all the time. Yeah, but he's so charismatic, and things are so nice, and you know, um, life isn't really like that. And you know, what I would say to people is, let's you know, take it outside of the prosperity preachers or outside of the churches, and take the journey back home. As you build your relationship with something and someone bigger than you. Um, your spiritual journey should evolve, ideally. And as it evolves, you'll need different things. You might need the message of you are loved from Joel, and then three years later you need to be under some prosperity teaching because, you know, you're in some sort of rut from a health or wealth or uh, financial perspective. But where you are personally in your journey determines what it is you need. And if you're discerning, discerning from a space that is aligned with your purpose, then I think... Um, any of those could be prosperity preachers for you, um, given where you are and what you're hungry for at the time. But no one can decide that this is the carrot for you. You actually have to be open and taking that journey yourself and determining and discerning what you need um, to to grow in your spiritual development. So I don't know if that's what you were asking me, but that's what comes to mind for me. But when you're when you don't know, you're like me, running to the mailbox saying, "Money cometh today." You know? There you go. And it certainly didn't come. They didn't, it didn't come. come. So Not that way. 
what is it in the universe that gives people like just use T D Jakes and Joel Osteen who were totally did not follow the traditional route of doing things in life. Mm. We're talking about some uh T D Jakes come from West Virginia and uh, we're talking about uh rural we're talking about walking back and <laughs> as they call it, hillbilly country. But it's a beautiful area, but it's beautiful. I've been there to Beckley yeah. and that area. It's a beautiful and it's a you can walk back in time. You can go as far as you want. You can wow. go to the Amish community and you can have no electricity at all. Um mm. and typically, you know, people have ten roofs, but it's your choice on how you want to live. Then come to be what he is, not just a mega church, but this phenomenal wow. business person of Hollywood. Take the yeah. the other extreme. You look at uh, Lakewood, small church. I mean, it's, it was really a mega church on its own, but yeah. it has went to another level. What drives these guys uh, to 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 be who they are today? Some of the largest churches in this country, some of the most powerful businessmen in this country as well. Wow. No, I, I'm in agreement. And to watch when the Woman Hour Loose Conference was here. Uh, it was actually hosted at Joel Olstein's church. So there were a couple of nights where you saw those two mega mega men, you know, as we call them, mega men of God, you know, standing together on the platform. And I don't know what has put them in the place they're in, but I think of, um, um, you know, there's wisdom in our childhood, and it, it just tells us the story that we that we live in today. And I remember T.D. Jake saying that whenever he had something to say, even as a little boy, his mom would listen to him intently, and it made him believe that what he had to say was something important. And so, you know, all of the foundational upbringing and the support, for me it feeds into my life as I work with my children, is how do I give them enough, you know, handrails and guidance but get out of the way enough for them to evolve into the person they need to be, you know, nurturing with good ground and good soil uh, and yet allowing them to be who they are so that they might discover the full potential of their lives. But when I look at those two men on the stage, what I saw was um, authenticity. There was no intimidation about, you know, one taking over the other. Um, I would say basically they got out of their own way, and I wonder if people who are willing to be vulnerable and um, willing to step out when they don't know all the answers uh, but trust that discerning wisdom that comes from it in that little small voice, and they trust that intuition and stand on it and believe in it, that it just reaps in their life things untold. And one of the things that T.D. Jake said, and for people who were at that conference, and I never thought about it this way, because sometimes I've seen in my experience, and I won't say in all experience, that we don't tend to run our nonprofits or our churches like a business because they say it's not a business, you know. But one of the things T.D. Jake said is God has blessed me and anointed me with a spirit of entrepreneurship and a spirit of business. And I thought, wow, that's just a concept to let your mind soak on for a minute, that God can do that, you know. And God, higher power, however you want to reference it. But it's there are no limits to what he can do. And so, you know, you talk about separating church and state and church and business and running it like a business. And here's a man who's quite successful who says, I've been anointed with a spirit of entrepreneurship. Wow. 
That's really amazing. How do you translate this back to your company? You know, for me, um, when I was stepping out, I knew it was all about people. So we do three things. We coach. We do performance mm-hmm. consulting, you know, where we look at your organization or your team, and we understand where we are today, and we tighten that so that we improve productivity and, of course, impact the bottom line, I mean, because that's, that's what happens when you do that. And then we do the speaking, and inspirational speaking, not prosperity. <laughs> Inspirational speaking. But a lot of the coaching has been around leadership development for for those who are moving from a high-flying individual contributor to now they have to lead other people and may need some help navigating that change in leadership where they've got to build a shared vision now and deliver results through others and create a practice of accountability. So that was kind of the crust stepping out. But what happened, you know, and that's the thing, when you step out, you never know where you're going to go with it. Um, that whole journey I talked to you about, you know, those couple of years where I was, you know, moving closer and closer to the door and really praying for the courage and the boldness to step out in what I believed, um, I was reinventing myself and I understood what it took to be a fearless leader and I meant a fearless leader of my life and really trusting something bigger than myself. So what started happening is I started drawing clients to me who were actually reinventing either their careers or their businesses. And so reinventing is our niche. I mean, that's that's what we do. And it's a wonderful space to be in. And it's not necessarily, I lost my job, I need another job, because <laughs> that's not the right focus of mind when you're reinventing. Because reinventing says more of the same is not an option. And I really want to wake up and know that every day that passes, I'm living my best life and I'm making a difference in this place, and it won't be the same, you know, after I've been here. You know, how do you tell your your client uh, that you're consulting, how to, uh, to get out of their own way? Because you see some lot of clients or customers will just step on themselves and say, <laughs> you're your worst enemy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you keep stepping in your, on yourself. And yeah. And you just mentioned uh, talking about they uh, those two leaders understand to let go and be authentic, and you know they don't, they humble themselves and they don't step on themselves. So how in the world can you tell someone that you know you're going to have to have a, a, a ego or you're going to have to have some type of something that's going to propel you to be out there, but how? Not to step on yourself as you do it's, this, it's interesting do this because I think you're I think what you're on to is that we are constantly learning, and it's if you're learning and then applying that new learning and changing behaviors is going to take time because i've if I've done it you know ten years one way and I've got four hundred thousand times where I've done it one way, and now I've got one time I've done it a different way. <laughs> And then I might revert and go backwards, and I'll do two times another way. But I've got a long way to go to sort of erase all of those patterns that are habitual for me. So when I see, you know, T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen on the stage, you know, in, in 2011, I don't see the years and years of them practicing and failing and starting again to learn to get out of their own way. But it's a journey. And And I have two boys, and one of them, we were so grateful that we were able to send him to Spain with his Spanish class. You know, when your kids are not in your presence and then you haven't seen them for a few days and they come back, you go, I didn't realize how tall he is or how much he's grown. And sometimes when we're so close to our own journey, we don't see that we're evolving. 
but we're actually, if we're open to learning and changing, we're actually evolving the whole trip. And what I like to think is if I say, you know, hey, just help me get out of my own way, um, I'm not going to get a FedEx package with a box of let me help you get out of your own way, but I'm going to get these experiences and opportunities to get out of my own way. And the more I practice those new skills and the more I become the person who's getting out of their own way, but it, it is it's a journey over time. Wow. Do you use any a any uh Rick Warren uh methods, uh you know, purpose driven church, purpose driven life uh and your <laughs> consulting? Um, there's some there's some concepts that Rick Warren uses that I oh my god, I absolutely love. So when you said that I was like all beaming because this is my stuff. You know, Rick, um, I had a conversation with our guy, Kevin Loader. He's a retired NBA player, and we've been having some conversation about um, exit strategies, if you will, you know, for athletes. But one of mm-hmm. the things that Rick Warren talks about that I am just absolutely crazy about is that um, he uses kind of like Moses and the staff as an example to say that like, for every one of us, God has put something in our hand. And for Moses, what he put in his hand was a staff, Right. But whatever he's put in your hand is it's your identity. It's who you are. So if I use the example of a basketball player, he put a basketball in his hand and it's his identity. And even when he's retired from the NBA and you know, it's the end of his life, he's still referred to as a basketball player, it's his identity. The second thing he says is the thing that he's put in your hand is also your influence. It's the thing that's going to open some doors for you and allow you to be able to influence and hopefully influence in a very positive way. And the third thing is it will be your income. And so each and every one, God has put something in our hands, and it is our identity, it is our influence, and it is our income. But we have to trust that it will take care of us. It's really clear to see how a basketball does that. You know, we talk about some of these mega contracts. You go, I get that. It's harder to see it when your gift may not be one that is well-known or well-exposed. And you got to have a lot of faith to say, well, I'm going to walk away from corporate and go do this people thing. You know, and everybody's going, oh, my gosh, she's cuckoo now. <laughs> so, But you've got to believe and you've got to trust that what you have in your hand is going to do those three things for you. And in every opportunity that comes your way, even like the opportunity to speak with you, which I'm very grateful to have, it's so what am I supposed to be doing with this Um so that so that it's influencing and that it creates income and that it becomes, you know, um, a duplicate of my identity. What am I supposed to be doing with this opportunity of exposure? Wow, it's kind of ironic uh, that you mentioned. Uh, I think uh, a couple of days ago was it a couple of days ago? Yeah, yesterday it was yesterday. <laughs> well, a couple of days ago, it was a couple <laughs> yeah, of days. <laughs> track when you had to get on the airplane and fly back. Right and. Um, and uh but you know our path i know uh crossed uh, i think uh close to your wedding i think in 1994 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden now almost 20 years later yeah uh, that wow. now we're speaking again so it's kind of ironic but yes. do you think everyone is really with social media is really all connected in one sense you said everyone is social media yeah, because you really social media is the medium, but you know it's that that rule that everybody is connected by something. I think it's, it's the oh, rules of connection. Yeah, the law of degrees or what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I actually think as human beings, we're all connected. 
We really are. We're all connected. And when we realize that, then life just opens up for us. But sometimes we see ourselves as separate, distinct. We have judgments and filters about who's better or who's less, but we're all connected. I, I really believe that we're all connected and we're all related. And I did some really powerful training. Oh, it's been in the early 2000s with Julio Alala, and I studied under him for about a year and a half. And his um, basically their coaching is different in that it looks at who we are as humans and it looks at our our soul. And I remember this lady who did all this bungee jumping and all these things to find her purpose, and she just stood in the front of the room. You know, you got 70-odd people, and she's in tears because with all of that, she was still living a very unfulfilled life. And she tried on all these, you know, things that you'd never think of doing, climbing the Alps and jumping off this, da 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 And he asked her to come. I was on the front row, and he asked her to come to me, and we stood eye to eye, and he asked her to just look in Sonia's eyes. And he just picked me. I wasn't special than anybody else in the room. And the more she looked in my eyes, the more she cried. And she said, I see beauty and I see, you know, whatever. And he said, our purpose is in everyone else. It is so not about us. There's some work we're meant to do here that helps evolve the total and complete journey. We are all connected. And I never forget. I never forgot that, and I think that is a a truth. I think that is a truth um, that we could live by. Now, social media, Facebook and um, LinkedIn and all those things create another medium or opportunity to understand further our connection to others. I think it's just a tool in an already existing paradigm. Wow. What you would like to leave us with today uh, about you and your company? Um, I have three things. Um, you know, we call it Blue Beagle, and that has a lot to do with my mom's maiden name and my uncle who loved us unconditionally. Their last name was Beagle, blue, favorite color, so favorite and unconditional love. But like a Beagle dog, um, there's a Beagle that is blue, truly blue. He's a sort of a hybrid, and it's very rare. And the way we work mm-hmm. with you is rare. The way we take the journey with you is rare. We are loyal, just like a dog. You know, a puppy dog will be there when you don't have a friend left in the <laughs> world. <laughs> and we're curious, and curious and always exploring, you know, what's happening. So we don't have answers, but we help explore the wisdom that you have and to tap into that wisdom. And then we've got years of corporate experience to facilitate, move workshops along, help people get where they want to be, get their teams where they want to be, get their business at the bottom line performance that they wanted to have. So we've got a really robust toolkit, and we want to work with you. Perfect. Uh, And your website address for Blue Beagle Consulting? It's uh, www.bluebeagleconsulting.com. And also we can find you on LinkedIn uh, as well. Yep, and SonyaWare.com will lead you right to Blue Beagle Consulting as well. Wow. And is there also a telephone number there for your office? Uh, Our number to can reach you? us. Sure, it's 713-206-2354. Perfect. Well, Sonia, I really appreciate you joining us for the past 30 minutes and kind of tell us your story and also tell us about your company. And wish you the best on your book. Thank uh, you, Tim. Hope it really will bless you in many ways. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate the opportunity. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Again, that was Sonia uh, Ware. She is co-author a section of the book called 
the master, the art of success. Everybody, thank you for listening for the program. Everybody, take care. Have a great day. Tim with the Core Business Show. Thank you for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.